0: In every situation, we can trust you completely. You've promised. You've promised in your word that you won't forsake us. And we thank you for that promise. Now, Father, we want you to have your way in this place. And, Father, we'll give you all the glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. And amen, Hallelujah. You can go ahead and see the praise of the Lord. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So wonderful to be saved. Glory to God. Well, as I said earlier, want to talk with you about freedom from mammon. Mammon. You know, the Bible talks about it, and <clears throat> oftentimes it's just referred to as money, but it's a, it's a system. And I guess part of the motivation comes from Wednesday night because I'm preaching on the, the believer's authority And uh, as I'm going through that teaching, I'm just seeing clearer and clearer so much that we see going on around us in this world. It's just, I guess, opened my eyes again to the fact of the spiritual battle that we're involved in. Uh, So much of what we see around us that we anymore, we just attribute it to the way things are today. But really, it's... It's attributed to spiritual warfare, spiritual attacks, and <clears throat> so much of it evolves around what we're going to call this morning the spirit of Mammon uh, because it's so much more than money it's it is its in, its influence, but it's it's so much more than that, and so the spirit of Mammon its main goal is to pull us away from putting our trust completely in Jesus to where we begin to trust other things other than Him. We begin to turn away um, from God. And, and so what happens is it wants, to, it wants to wiggle its way into our life and then it opposes basically everything that we stand for or what Jesus stands for, what God stands for. And so it begins to oppose that. And, and so very subtly... It begins to maneuver its way into our life. That spirit, and does this describe our society today? The spirit influences people to lie, to cheat, to steal, and to compromise their values. And you say, well, that doesn't sound like money. Well, it's, it's, it's that mammon. It's, it's the influence that it has in our life. And like I said, it's so much more than just... Um, just money. It generates a fear about money, and uh, when when you begin to get, we begin to yield to that fear. What happens? It begins to it begins to rule our life. And so, once again, what we're really talking about here is a system. It's the world system, and <clears throat> it isn't just about having money. It's about what money will produce, the desires of other things, all of those things come into play when we begin to talk about that spirit, that spirit of mammon. And so uh, you can turn in your Bibles to Luke, the 16th chapter. And I'm gonna begin with prayer this morning. Father God, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit who is here to teach us, to guide us, to instruct us. We thank you for the truth of your word. And Father, we're teachable. We want to hear truth. And so through your word today, speak to each of our hearts that we may hear and receive that which you have for each one of us today. And that the truths and the principles that we hear, that we might learn from them, that we might gain from them, and that we might apply them in our lives. So Father, we just, we just want you to have your way in each of our lives, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke, the 16th chapter, and I'm gonna read the 13th verse, and it says, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You, not, you cannot serve God and mammon. You know, and so <clears throat> to serve mammon, Uh, to serve God doesn't mean that we can't have any money. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about what, what truly dominates and what controls our lives because we need to understand something about money. Money is an inanimate object. Money in itself is neither good nor evil, but it's the influence that it has in our life or how we allow money to influence our life. That's what determines whether or not it's good or evil. You know, you can have an individual that's got millions and they can do evil. Or you can have an individual that's got millions and he can do good. You can have two individuals that are completely broke. And the one is controlled by the spirit of mammon because of lust and desire. And the other one may not have anything, but he's still looking and recognizing that that God is gonna be his source no matter what the circumstances are around him. Madam stands in direct opposition to God and everything that he represents. And so a lot of what we see going on in the news today, we just think it's evil people. But really what it is, it's the spirit of mammon that's behind it, it's the influence of money, it's the influence of mammon that's trying to accomplish, that's trying to dominate, that's trying to control, that's actually ruling the lives of many people. And so it's important for us to understand it and to recognize it. And like I already said, that spirit wants us to put us put our trust in everything other than God. And once again, in the society that we see today, what is it wanting to do? It's wanting To put our trust, wanting us to put our trust in everything but God. The people most heavily influenced by mammon are those who have the greatest fear concerning money. And it's an interesting thing Uh, fear concerning money is never solved by an amount. You can have a person that doesn't have any and they have this fear of what are they gonna do without money and so they begin to put their trust in, in other things. But you know, on the other hand, you can have an individual that has all kinds of money and their life is ruled by the fear of losing it. You know, I've, I've shared this story how growing up there was this individual in our community and everybody thought that he was, he was poverty ridden. Uh, but after his death, they found out that he had tin cans buried all over his yard with money in the tin cans. He had money under his bed, stuffed in the, uh, in the bed. I mean, he had money everywhere. But he didn't trust banks because of fear. And he was constantly afraid that there was never gonna be enough, and so he was constantly stuffing it away. And that's what this spirit of mammon will do in our life it'll dominate us, it'll control us, it'll bring us into that level of fear that we've not experienced. Mammon will put money in your hands to bring us to the point where we can put our trust in it rather than put in our trust in God. And so we we see it in in so many areas of our life. First Timothy 6.10, it doesn't say that money is bad, and oftentimes this passage is misquoted. In 1 Timothy 6.10 it says, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Another translation says all kinds of evil. But the love of money. And, and so what that's talking about is that's where our trust goes. That's where our confidence goes. That's, where, that's what we look to. We don't look to God, we don't look to Jesus as our source. We look to money as our source. And of course, the world wants us to believe that Galatians 6, 7 is not true. It says, do not be deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's gonna reap. And so the world wants us to think that it doesn't matter what we do, what we sow, what we say, how we use our money, how we behave, none of that matters. There'll be no consequences to that. But we see in the Word of God, according to the Word of God, that there are consequences. He says, he warns us, he says, do not be deceived. You know, and so for us to say that God says it, but it doesn't really matter, that's to mock him. We, we see it all the time on, on uh, in the media on, Facebook, uh, whatever, we constantly see mockery of God. They may not speak of God directly, but they speak of the principles that God has placed in our life to give us direction in our life, and they'll, they'll mock it. You know, if you take a stand for righteousness, they'll mock you, they'll make fun of you because you're some kind of a a wimp, you're a a goody two-shoes, you know, whatever it may be. They mock you, but they're not really mocking you. They're mocking the principles that you've taken a stand upon, or in other words, they're mocking God. It's just like Adam in the garden when after they had sinned, and Adam says to, God says to Adam, did you eat of the tree? And he says, yes. this." this woman, you gave me. And so, he's not really blaming Eve, he's blaming God, because God gave him Eve. And you see, that's what society does. If you try to live a righteous life, ultimately, they may mock you, but they're mocking the God that you serve. And so he's saying, don't be deceived. God isn't gonna be mocked. And so mammon mocks God. If you take a stand upon the word of God, the principles of God, that spirit of mammon will cause individuals to mock you. So let's look at, um, I wanna look at, there are five things we can do to maintain a freedom from mammon. Guess what? You're free from it but you're gonna to have to maintain a freedom from it because its influence is something that we encounter every single day. You know, I heard somebody make a statement about this one time, uh, not about this particularly, but he was talking about you know, healing in the church and how people believe for healing and so forth. But they, people were saying, well, prosperity isn't really needed and why is prosperity so difficult? Well, healing we need periodically. But you know, where where finances are concerned, where prosperity is concerned, where material things are concerned, we face it every single day of our life. And so what that means is every day of your life, the spirit of mammon is attempting to find an entrance into your life to influence you. And that influence is always for one particular purpose. That influence is to get you directed in another direction so that you don't put your trust in God. That you begin to put your trust in everything but God. I, I was just thinking about this this morning. This, this is how the, the spirit of mammon is working. You know, yesterday was a football day and so you can't help but have football on your mind. Amen, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus. You know, but, but you know, I grew up loving football. I love football. I played football because I love football. Now, people that play football, there, there's one, one thought in their mind. I need to be good so that I can play football, so that I can be recruited by somebody, so that I can get a scholarship, so that I can get into the pros and I can make a lot of money. Now there's some people that still pray, play football for the love of it, but you know what that is? That's the spirit of mammon. Because it's drawn away from what they really put their confidence in. You know, go to Minneapolis, you go to Kansas City, you go any direction from here, and uh, a town that has a, a, a pro football, you don't even have to go to the pro football uh, towns, they have a major University, and you you find this uh, fantastic stadium. Well, we have that fantastic stadium so that we can get together on Saturday and Sunday and we can watch a football game. No, you have that fantastic stadium so that they can squeeze every person in there they possibly can and charge them a 100 bucks for a ticket so they make a whole lot of money. That's known as the spirit of mammon. If you want to see football played in its purest form, you go out here on Friday night and you watch a bunch of kids that are sacrificing their time so that they can play football, something that they love. Now even then you find kids that no longer play it for the love of the game, but they're looking beyond that. Now what brings this up? What brings this up is this. Because we were driving last night, I had the, ball games on, on the radio, and uh, before the Iowa State game started, uh, we had it on satellite radio, and so the satellite stations, they 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 celebrate other stations that are on the satellite. And so there is a new, get this all you football fans, there is a new satellite stadium, or a stat- satellite pro- program channel that's gonna be starting here real shortly, and it's, the Las Vegas Sports Channel. And some of our most fabulous commentators are gonna be on that channel so that they can bring together professional sports and college sports and the betting game on one channel. You won't have to change channels. You can get it all on one channel. What is that? That is the spirit of mammon is perverting something I love. And we see it throughout our society. And so it's very subtle how it comes in. But it's trying to influence your life. It's trying to convince you, God may not be able to supply your need, but if you vote or if you bet on this particular team, you get your windfall and you'll make it big. Well, you probably will one time so that you're hooked. That's the spirit of mammon. So here are five things we can do to maintain our freedom of mammon because you're free. Everybody say, I'm free. free. You're free from that spirit. It has no right to you. So number one, Trust in God and acknowledge Him in everything. So if you've got your Bible, turn to the book of Proverbs, the third proverb. And we're going to be um, jumping around a little bit. So even if we go to another um, scripture, keep your little stringy thing, a ribbon thing, or your finger in Proverbs, the third chapter. But in Proverbs 3, 5, it says this. Trust in the Lord. Who are we going to trust in? Trust in the Lord with all things. Lean not unto your own understanding. What does the enemy want us to do? He wants us to lean on our own understanding. He wants us to begin to trust ourselves or to trust something else that's out there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Acknowledge him. You know what happens so often is, you know, after Sunday morning is over, it's like we don't give God another thought. We need to be acknowledging him on a continual basis. He says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your paths. And so we need to acknowledge Him. We need to keep our thoughts upon Him. To trust in the Lord is to re- rely on Him continually in every situation. But you know, if you're, if you're like me, you've got to... Consciously make that decision that you're going to acknowledge or focus upon Him in every situation because that isn't always the first thing that comes. We need to acknowledge Him. And we need to recognize Him in every area. Um, Isaiah 53, 5, it talks about in the area of healing. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we've been healed. In the area of finances, Philippians 4:19, For my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We need to trust him in all things because our tendency is always to revert back to self-preservation. To trust in ourselves, to trust in what we do, to trust in the things around us, trust in our own understanding, and he says that that's not where we're supposed to lean. That's not where we're supposed to trust. We're to put our trust in Him. Listen to what it says in Psalms or Isaiah twenty-six, three. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind. Is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, the prerequisite of having that peace is that we trust in him. And how do we trust in him if we don't think about him, if we don't, as we looked earlier, if we don't acknowledge him? In all things, we put our trust, we put our confidence in him. Well, pastor, I don't understand. That's why we need him. We put our trust in him. Number two, do not be wise in your own eyes. Now there's a struggle. uh, Back in Proverbs three again, verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. And so, you know, talking about being wise in our own eyes, that's talking about our, our own appearance, our own abilities. And this is where the fear of God is the ability, or excuse me, the attitude of respect. You know, when the, when the Bible talks about the fear of God, the New Testament in particular, even in the Old Testament, it's talking about, not a terror. It's talking about an awe of God. We need to be in awe of God. We need to respect God. We need to recognize God is God. You know, uh, I was reading through the, my proverb a couple of days ago. And uh, in the Proverbs it was, it. and this is, this is Schroeder's paraphrase because I can't remember it word for word, but it's, it's talking about the individual that takes a piece of wood and from that piece of wood, he takes and he forms a figure and he takes that figure and he puts it on a stand and then he bows down and he worships that figure and it, he calls it his God. And he puts his trust and he puts his confidence in this God that he formed out of this piece of wood. But then he takes the rest of the wood and he throws it in the fire and he burns it to keep him warm. Now, lean not on your own understanding. But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense that this chunk of wood which on one end is only good for burning to heat me up, to heat the house but the other end is going to be my god that i'm going to bow down and i'm going to worship to that's going to supply and meet every one of my needs that's ridiculous but see that's what the spirit of mammon wants us to do it wants us to bow to our god a god whether that be our job, whether that be this, that, or the other thing, and we begin to put our trust in that rather than putting our trust in God. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying, well, well I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna serve that job anymore. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna quit, and I'm gonna stay home, and God's gonna supply all my needs. No, that's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says a man that doesn't work is, should not eat. But your job isn't your source. God is your source. That job may be a means by which he supplies your need. But ultimately God is the one that we look to, that we put our trust in. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools desire wisdom and instruction. And so they they desire wisdom and instruction apart from God. You know, the thing that i found is when we can begin to draw our wisdom from God, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Until we have an awe of God, we don't really know anything because we won't be able to apply it properly in life. Just, Just think of the the wisdom that God has given us. I think I shared a little bit about this last week. I was talking about, or maybe it was Wednesday night, one or the other. And, uh, but I was talking about how I was watching TBN and <clears throat> they were given an update and they would just opened a, a new studio in the Baltic states. And uh, and then they went a little further and they, they did a, a a redo of, Uh, the facility that they have in Israel and in in Jerusalem. And they were going through all this and, and they were talking about how, you know, media has been so perverted. You can find such horrible stuff on media. But yet at the same time, here on media, you can get the gospel of Jesus Christ spreading practically throughout the world now that if somebody has a a transmitter or a means by which to get a hold of that signal, they can get the gospel message in almost any part of the world today because of the satellite system and so forth. And so it's, it's wonderful and I believe that it's wisdom from God. But notice how we can take that same wisdom without the fear of God and it can be so perverted that it brings death and destruction in the lives of people. The fear of God, the awe of God, recognizing who God is. I don't know about you as a kid. You know, my dad believed in the fact that this backside is padded for a particular reason. That was so that when he felt I needed some discipline, he could apply force to that particular part of my anatomy and it would bring about results. See, Jeff knows of which I'm speaking and I just scared him. (laughs) But see, There was a fear of my dad's spanking. But you know, when I got to be 14, 15, 16, I no longer feared that. But it had produced within me a respect for my father. And so I no longer had a fear that my dad was going to spank me if I did something wrong, but I had this desire to please my dad. And so I guess you could call it a fear of my father, a respect of my, I didn't worship my dad, but I respected him. And you see, when we have a awe of God, when we have a respect for God, even when we're not physically in his presence or sense his presence because he's everywhere, we do the right thing because we don't want to displease him. That's what the fear that we're talking about here is. And you see, what mammon does is it comes in and it wants to influence us and it wants to tell us that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. And so we, you, you can do whatever you want. That's the spirit of mammon. It puts our trust in the words of somebody else rather than the words of God. Because it tells us that something else is our source other than God. That we don't have to turn to Him. We don't have to rely upon him, but we do. Let me just read this out of my notes. If we are operating in the fear of God and mammon tries to seduce us, we will respect God too much to allow ourselves to be swayed. That's what the fear of God does in our lives. Number three, honor the Lord with your possessions. Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father the Son in whom he delights." So I guess my, my father delighted in me. Uh, the <laughs> but notice what it says. It says that, honor the Lord with our possessions. Why? Why, 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 do, we, why do we honor the Lord with our possessions, our tithes and offerings? Because we're demonstrating that we put our trust in Him. And once again, the spirit of mammon would enter in and it would say, it doesn't really matter. But see, then it goes back to Galatians, the sixth chapter again, where it says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's gonna reap. And so what the world wants to do, what mammon wants us to do, is is to invest our money in our Time and our talent and our treasury into everything else. And he says it doesn't really matter because, you know, God can't really do anything for us. You know, <clears throat> God wants to be Lord over every area of our life. One of those areas is our finances. And when we allow Him to be Lord over our finances, we will always um, use it wisely. He will always... Supply all of our needs. You know, <clears throat> we're not moved by what we see, we're moved by what we know. And what we know is what, that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And I can honestly say in our married life, after we've been born again Christians, before and after we've been in the ministry, there were times it didn't look like our needs were being met. And so we went back to the Word of God and we stood upon the Word of God and we declared what the Word said and operated according to the Word of God. And you know what? As you can probably tell, I've never missed a meal because we couldn't afford it. Because our God supplies our needs. So where do we put our trust? Do we put our trust in self or, or do we put our trust in Him? What mammon wants us to do is to put all of our trust in society and everything around us and look to it rather than to look to him. The fourth point is find wisdom. In verse 13, it says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Wisdom has already been made available we must get it ourselves. And so the wisdom is there. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom shows us how to use the knowledge, how to apply the knowledge, how to gain the understanding so that we we apply the truths and the principles of God's word in our life accurately and properly, so that we live according to the knowledge that we have in God. But you know, there's a lot of people, they have knowledge of God, but they don't know how to apply it in their life. It's because they don't have wisdom. Our wisdom has to come from above. He'll show us, he wants to show us how to take the truths and the principles and apply them to our life. And it says, in the scriptures, it says that wisdom is more valuable than resources. Let's look at what it says in verse 14. We're still in Proverbs 3. For her, speaking of wisdom, for her proceeds are better than, uh, than the profit of silver and her gain than fine gold. Well, you'd never believe that by watching TV. Because if you watch the TV, the, the commercials on TV, it's telling you because of the economy, if it's gonna make it, if you're gonna make it, you better invest in gold. Now, <clears throat> don't misunderstand me. If you have invested in gold, I've got nothing against that. You know, if you, you, you feel like you're supposed to invest in gold and God has given you the wisdom to do so, do so. But if you're doing it just out of self, you probably misplace it. Oh, nobody had misplaced gold. Oh, don't bet on it. Her, speaking of wisdom, proceeds are far better than, than profits of silver and are gained than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in, your, in her left hand riches and honor. So this is all talking about wisdom, that if we can find wisdom, and the wisdom has already been provided for each and every one of us. And you know, it's it's interesting, you can find people that have all kinds of stuff, but they don't have any peace. Look at the next verse. Her, speaking of wisdom again, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. The path of mammon will take you down, there's, there's no peace there. In fact, what it'll do, it'll draw you away from peace. It'll try to manipulate you, it'll try to destroy you. It'll try to take control of you, there's no peace there. The spirit of mammon will drive you. You always have to do more and you have to work harder. And you don't ever have the opportunity to sit back and enjoy life because you're driven. Verse 18. She, ma'am, or wisdom, is a tree of life to those that take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her, that take a hold of her and retain her. Don't let it go. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up. and The clouds dropped down the dew. It's all because of his wisdom. It's because of what he's done in our lives. Many people do not choose God because mammon seduces them before they could see what God could do. It's a seducer. Mammon tries to get us, into, uh, dis, get us into discontent so that we will curse our own blessings, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It'll, always, it'll get us to be in that place where we're never satisfied. We curse what we have. Now, I believe it was last Wednesday night, Mike and I were talking about, you know, Farming a little bit and stuff, and made me think of my growing up days. You know, we grew up on a little farm in southern Minnesota. You know, dad had 160 acres. That's a gentleman farmer now. You know, but dad had 160 acres, and of course, it wasn't enough to live off of, but he had a milk route and different things. But you know what? I wouldn't have traded growing up on the farm for anything. Because it was a a good life. Thank you for that rousing amen from all you farmers out there. And those of you that grew up on the farm. It was a good life. It was. You know, the things that you learned were, were principles and truths that you were able to apply in your life all of your days. But I can remember back in 1964 when we left the farm. And it was at that time all the farmers were beginning to, to get bigger and bigger. And they began, began to be corporations and so forth. And, and, and uh, the spirit of mammon was coming in. And nobody was, nobody was satisfied. Didn't matter how much... How many acres you had? It didn't matter how many, uh, how much livestock you had. It wasn't enough, and so, and and it wasn't just because somebody wanted to just better themselves. There was a driving force that if I'm going to be successful in this, I've got to do such and such because this is what everybody else is going to be doing. You know, and everybody else. Never forget my father-in-law Harold. You know, he had this this M um, International. This was a farmal back then. And uh, he had this two-bottom plow that he'd go out and he'd plow with. And, and one day he stopped up at the co- coffee shop and this guy in the coffee shop, farmer started to make fun of him and says, Harold, what are you doing out there? He says, I could come over and, with my six-bottom plow and in... in a couple hours, I'd have that whole thing done. And Harold looked at him and says, yeah, you're probably right. But then what would I do with the rest of my day? Because he was happy, he was content, out on his m farmal with his two-bottom plow, plowing. But see, the spirit of mammon gets in there and we begin to be driven and we, we no longer are allowed to just simply enjoy life. We're driven for more and more and more. And what does it do? It takes away the peace that's been made available to us through Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 6, 6, it says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, living a godly life, there's contentment in that. And there's great gain. And then the fifth point is be a blessing. Proverbs 3 again, only we're dropping down to verse 27. And it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is within your power, in the power of your hand, to do so. <clears throat> We're blessed to be a blessing. And what the what the what, what mammon wants to do, it wants to keep us from being a blessing. To be blessed basically means to be an instrument through which God flows his favor to reach somebody else. It also means to prevent misfortune for somebody else. And so, the spirit of mammon, there's this driving force. It's interesting, with the spirit of mammon, generally there's two other spirits that operate right alongside it. The spirit of poverty and the spirit of pride. The spirit of mammon wants you to say, see what I've done. The spirit of mammon always says, also says, I don't ever have enough. Hoarding is based, the root is the spirit of mammon. Because the root is, I'm never gonna have enough. And so if you've ever watched these shows on TV where they're, they're hoarders and it's, it's just horrible, they have all this stuff, and it's, it's turned to junk. But this person can't let loose of anything, because if I let loose of it, I'm not going to have enough. And so it's, it's a spirit of fear that's in operation, but it's not the spirit of the awe of God. It's a spirit of fear. It's a terror, terror thing. It's a It's a prod thing from the standpoint of I've got it. I can't let go of it. I've gotta do it. But it's a poverty thing as well. And you know, once again, the poverty spirit isn't based on how much money an individual has. You're gonna have an individual with all kinds of money and they have a poverty spirit because they're never satisfied. They don't ever have enough you're gonna have a person that has, has nothing and they operate in a poverty spirit because it's always focused on self. The poverty spirit always focus on self. And so what does the spirit of mammon do? It always gets us back to where we focus on self. And so you can have a, a, a person that's loose with their money, it's a spirit of poverty. You have a person that's very tight with their money, it's the spirit of poverty. The root is the same. Because in neither case are they looking to God, they're looking to self, to satisfy self. You know, you gotta remember the root of the enemy is always to pervert what God does. God is love. God so loved that he gave. And so as born-again believers, part of our very nature is to love and it's to give. So the very nature of the enemy, spirit of mammon, is to lust and to keep, to hoard, to think of self, and self alone. And so that's why those, those principles that I gave you from Proverbs, the third chapter, are so important because we have been fr- set free. Galatians 3 13 and 14 says, I've been redeemed from the curse. As of course, it says there the curse of the law, but it inc- involves everything that's in the curse. For he became a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs upon the tree, which is Jesus, so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentile, that me, And that we might receive the promises of the Spirit through faith. And so you're redeemed from the curse, from the spirit of mammon. You've been set free from it. I've been set free from it. But you know what? We have to maintain it. You know, the Bible says that we're to be able to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. But oftentimes within the church what we find is we can't weep with those that weep because we feel like they deserve it. And we can't rejoice with those that rejoice because we feel like we deserved it. So why did you get blessed and I didn't get blessed? You know, glad it happened to you and not me because I didn't deserve it. You know, so we can't can't fulfill the word. And so it's pride, it's selfishness. It causes us to feel guilt and shame for the blessings we do have. See, whatever the enemy does, he perverts it. He makes us desire what everybody else has, what we see that somebody else has and we think we should have it. Then it makes us feel guilty because we have something. The Spirit causes people to hoard whatever they have. It does not want us to know that God is able to make all grace abound towards us. So I've got to save up. I've got to keep up because you never know about God tomorrow. Let me give you some confidence in Him. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He supplies our needs today, He supplies our needs tomorrow. He'll always be the supply. 2 Corinthians 9 8, it says, And God is able. Praise the Lord. God is able. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. In other words, we're going to have enough to do whatever needs to be done. And That's what we need to believe for. But it says we take the truths and the principles that God has given us in, in His Word, and we take them and we apply them. But once again, I want to remind you that the the spirit of mammon is there to attack every one of the truths and the principles that God has given us in the word to try to tell us that it may work for others, but it isn't going to work for you. It's not going to work for me. If I don't look out for self, nobody's going to, and I won't have enough. But see, that's totally contrary to what God says. God says that when we take what he's given us and we use it properly, there will always be more than enough. The spirit of pride kills the ability to obey God and allow his plan in our lives. That's what pride does. Pride ultimate goal is to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. Proud people will not submit to him. First Timothy, or excuse me, First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. But the spirit of mammon wants you to carry your burden. Rather than cast it over on him, we have Christians that are carrying this heavy load in there. They can hardly stand up straight because the burden on them is so great because they're unwilling to cast it over onto Jesus because they don't think Jesus can handle it. And so pride says... Pride says, I can handle it myself. You know, I used to, some people would probably say that I still do. But anyway, I used to wrestle a whole lot more with anger. And uh, if something would happen, I'd get angry, and I'd say, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone, and I'll take care of it. Everything will be all right, just leave me alone. Well, I'd stuff it. You know, we've got a really nice coffee table in our basement that has this really big dent in it from one of those times when I was handling it. And I was working on a chair, and I know you shouldn't do that in the, in the living room on the coffee table, but that's what I was doing. And uh, I don't know why it things just weren't going together like they were supposed to. And I got frustrated, and I got mad, and I took it out on the chair, which took it out on the coffee table. But for your information, this happened in, maybe it didn't happen in Truman. I'm not going to go there. You know, but anyway, I still have the signs of it. But I learned something. I've learned something. To stuff it doesn't solve it. Because I'm carrying it. And until I release it, until I deal with it, so that I can and I, I'm not good at that. That's not what I'm good at. What am I good at? I'm, but I'm not good at that. But I've learned stuff and it doesn't solve it. Somehow I've got to release it and I've got to turn it over to Him. Because He's the one that can bring the healing. Cast your cares. Whatever it is, cast it on Him. Because He cares for you. If we refuse. And insist on carrying them all ourselves we will not find the grace to deal with it it's what I want us to see the grace is there We're talking about the spirit of mammon, to stay free from the spirit of mammon. It's gonna be by the grace of God. It isn't gonna be because of my willpower. I've given you information here, but ultimately, you know what, it comes back to the wisdom that we receive through the grace of God to apply the principles of Proverbs 3 in our life in a way that's gonna impact our lives. But you know what, it doesn't just happen. We have to, we have to make the choice. One last scripture. This is talking about who are we gonna choose? Because you know what, whether we realize it or not, every single day, we go through that process. There are things that occur, there are things that we see, and at that point in time, we have to choose. Am I gonna choose, excuse me, am I gonna choose to follow the spirit of mammon, or am I gonna choose to follow after God? And it's so subtle, but it's constant. We're bombarded by it, moment by moment. Used to be that our homes were our sanctuaries. Our homes were the place where we could get away from, from that, we didn't know it was that spirit, but from that spirit but we're invaded continually. The moment that we turn on the TV set, we're bombarded by the spirit of mammon. We turn on the radio, we're bombarded by the spirit of mammon. Half the music that we listen to, it may carry the title Christian, but we're bombarded by the spirit of mammon because it's talking about you trusting your feelings more than you trusting the word of God. We're bombarded on a continual basis by the spirit of mammon. And so we have to choose. And so Joshua, twenty, see it's nothing new. It's nothing new. Joshua twenty four fifteen it says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, small g, which your father served, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods, small g, of the Ammonites, in whose land you dwell. But then Joshua says, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Well, that's really a nice saying. But you know what? It has to be more than just a nice saying. It's a reality. Because of everything that's bombarding us, everything that's coming against us. As for my house. Because you know what? There are many times the houses around you aren't going to choose. Aren't going to choose the Spirit of God. They're going to choose the Spirit of mammon. They're not going to choose the principles of God. They're going to choose the ways of the world. Remind me once again, I want to remind you the spirit of Mammon is the spirit of this world system that we live in. And so you feel like you're bucking the system all the time? It feels like it because you're bucking the system all the time. There was a time it wasn't that way, but we're not in that day anymore. And to sit back and foolishly think some way we're going to get back there, I read the end of the book. And so when we're going through a struggle, rather than feeling sorry for ourselves, we need to look up and rejoice because our redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming soon. If he ain't standing up yet, he's going to be standing up real soon. And when he does, it means he's coming back. Glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. And see, the spirit of mammon is going to tell you, first of all, nah, you know, they've been saying that for 50 years. Well, it's been saying it to me for 50 years. Been saying that for 2,000 years. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're closer than they were 2,000 years ago. And the signs of the time that we see today, everything prophetically that needs to be done for Jesus to come back, it's done. I think the only thing that is holding Jesus back is the number isn't complete. It's his grace, his mercy that's holding him back To see every last individual that's willing to be saved, saved. So if we want to speed it up, we need to do our job and share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if there's anything that's going to bring Jesus back, anything that would escalate it, I believe that would be it. So the spirit of mammon is going to try to say, well, you know... (laughs) That's, it. it's, that's just preacher talk. I'm not preaching this morning. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus is coming back. It's going to tell you what you do with your life and what you say doesn't really matter. It does. Spirit of mammon will try to shut you down. But we're not moved by that because as for me in this house, We've chosen. We choose Jesus. We choose the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you today for Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We thank you, Father, that though we may live in this world, this world is not our God. You're our God. We may be in the world, but we're not of this world. And so, Father, we just pray that you would continue to give us wisdom to apply the knowledge that you've given us through the Word, that we might walk in the fullness of what you've made available to each one of us. And, Father, that we might be your effective ambassadors in this world that we live. So, Father, for each individual here today, we thank you, Father, that they are blessed That your word guides them. That by your spirit they are strengthened. And that we might walk in the fullness of what you've made available to us. Through Christ Jesus our Lord we pray. And so as we go, we go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the magnificent name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Give somebody a hug. Let them know you love them.